All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Exit 77, a Notre Dame football podcast. I'm your host, Drew Brennan. This is episode 32, um, our third our third episode of the second season of the Exit 77 podcast. And I'm coming to you guys from Friday night. Um, it's about eight days out before the start of the Notre Dame football season. So about a week from today, we're all going to be gearing up um, for one last sleep before the Irish take on the Buckeyes in the horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio. And actually, it's not the horseshoe anymore. It is uh, Safe Flight Field. So for those of you that don't know or hadn't heard the news, Ohio State sold the naming rights to their field. It is now, I think, either Safe Flight Stadium or Safe Flight Field. Um, definitely weird, a little bit strange, and I wonder if they'll be using it. I would imagine they probably will be in the broadcast, um, you know, announcing it about a week before the season started. So definitely something they've been working on for a little bit. But uh, yeah, don't call it the shoe anymore. It's, uh, it's Safe Flight Stadium. For those of you guys that are either going to the game or gonna be watching the game. But yeah, we're a little bit over a week out. Lots of been lots of news coming out of the Irish camp as we head into the start of the season. Obviously an extremely exciting time. Uh, everyone I think is ready to get the season underway and get everything started. Um, so I thought I'd spend a lot of today's podcast giving you guys updates. As it relates to the Irish, we'll update you on any injuries that have been taking place over the last couple of weeks of fall camp. We'll give you a quick update on recruiting. Um, we'll give you a breakdown once again on each position. Along with that, I'll give you guys my thoughts on who I think will be, for example, like the offensive MVP, the defensive MVP, and then we'll do a quick uh, schedule uh, analysis. So taking a look at all the different games. And then finally, I'll give you guys my prediction on the Irish uh, for the 2022 season and what I think the record will be. Uh, for those of you that know me, I'm usually pretty optimistic as it relates to the Irish, and uh, I think I'm probably going to stay on that front again this year. Um, you know, not going to be 12-0, uh, that's for sure. Um, but I do think the Irish should be pretty good and will have a pretty good record this year. So looking forward to giving you guys my thoughts there. Um, it's been a good week so far. I actually was out golfing with some Notre Dame buddies yesterday. Uh, shout out to Shafes, uh, Pincus, Irv, Charlie McKenna, VJ Thingamani, Sweets, and uh, Matt McKay. We had a fun outing, eight of us. Uh, it was a little bit of a Morrissey Dylan golf outing, so Morrissey versus Dylan. Uh, had a ton of fun here in Glen Ellen, uh, hit the village links, and uh, Morrissey did come out on top. So in the in the main matchup between Sweets McKay versus uh, Charlie and VJ Morrissey, uh, Sweets and McKay ended up winning. So congrats to the Morrissey crew. Um, also shout out to Ray Wicklander who joined us for dinner. Um, great to see him uh, at the end of the night. But definitely a lot of fun. Always good to get all of us together. Tons of good stories and obviously talked a little bit about Nordic football too. So as we get this uh, week's episode on our way, let's give you guys a quick update on recruiting. Um, big, new, big news out of recruiting. Uh, Nordium did get a commitment this past week in the last couple of days. Uh, a gentleman named Armel Mukum, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's a defensive end who is now committed to Irish, was actually committed to Stanford. Um, at one point, uh, he'd been committed for about the last, I think, about two or three months. Wasn't someone that had been on Notre Dame's radar, at least from what I've seen and what I've been following. So someone that the Irish have been working behind the scenes because he was already 
committed to Stanford, but comes from Woodbury Forest, which is a boarding school in Virginia. Might sound familiar um, for those of you Notre Dame fans out there. Greer Martini went there. Doug Randolph went there, and then uh, CJ Proces. So definitely a school that's very favorable f- for ND. He's definitely a little bit of a project, someone that might take a couple of years for him to get into the system and start to play. He's only been playing football, I think, for a little over one year, maybe even two years. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be someone that's going to be coming in and definitely be redshirting that first year. But if, you know, if the Irish can, you know, do what they've done over the last bunch of years and develop defensive linemen, he should be someone that by that third year, fourth year, should be getting some good playing time. He does have a bigger body type, so definitely someone I think the Irish were, were seeing as someone that could come in and if they get in the, you know, the Bayless program and work on his strength, he is going to be someone that will be playing down the line. Keon Keeley. Notre Dame's number one recruit did decommit over the last, I think, about a week ago or so. Unfortunate news for the Irish, um, really too bad. I think we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast. He was Notre Dame's longest-running commit. He was the first kid to commit in the class of 23 class, and he unfortunately, like I said, decommitted. He's going to start to take visits. It sounds like he's definitely going to be probably going to Alabama. He is going to be at the Notre Dame Ohio State game, so he'll be visiting that as a visitor for the Buckeyes. Sounds like he's planning to visit Alabama. And he's going to visit Florida. Um, as of right now, it does not sound like Notre Dame is giving the mix for uh, his final choice, but we'll see. You never say never. Um, I would love to see the Irish get him back on to the to the roster and as part of the committed list, but it doesn't sound like it. Um, he does seem like, for all intents and purposes, a kid who is a Notre Dame type kid. And so hopefully, you know, once again, if that's something that he changes his mind and wants to come back to ND, it'd be awesome to see. Um, but it doesn't sound like that's going to be happening. So. Wish him the best. It does, it does sound like, kind of based upon the reports, that NIL was a factor in this one. Um, he is a top 10 overall recruit, so definitely someone that is going to be you know, offered NIL money up front, which typically isn't what Notre Dame does. Notre Dame likes to get kids into the school and playing and then giving them NIL opportunities from there. Um, but there are clearly a bunch of schools out there that offer that money up front, and it seems like he's leaning more towards those schools. So we'll continue file. I'll continue to update you guys. Um, but at the end of the day, Notre Dame is going to need to replace him, whether it's Keeley committing again or going out and getting another Viper. Viper is more of that, you know, longer uh, edge rusher um, kid that can really get off the quarterback. So they need to f- go out and find a Viper in this class. They've got a couple other folks that they're still after. Jeremiah Love, who's a running back, definitely trending towards Notre Dame, which is great to hear. Uh, Tayshawn Lyons, who is a wide receiver out of California, someone who as well is trending towards the Irish, and then they got to figure out what they're going to do at the quarterback position. Uh, CJ Carr could still re, uh, reclassify and be part of the 2023 class, or they could continue to go after a couple of guys that are already committed. It sounds like Notre Dame's talking to um, a couple of folks, one that's committed to Pitt and another that's committed to Kansas State. So we'll see. And same thing, we'll keep you posted uh, as we continue to move on there. So now giving you guys some updates on the roster. Um, I'll also cover the injuries during this aspect, and then we'll add the final aspect of the roster and the position breakdown i'll give you guys the captains nordam announced their captains say there are six captains for this year's squad and so go through those at the end but from a quarterback perspective uh still buckner as a starter pine as a backup and jelly the third backup or the second backup behind pine from all the reports you see and read and hear around the practices no one really knows how good Buckner is going to be. This is definitely one of those opportunities where the media is not seeing a whole lot. Um, Obviously, I think Freeman is doing this um, purposely. 
if you listen to the media members that typically report on the Irish, they said this is the least amount of practice they've been able to view in the last bunch of years. So Kelly definitely gave them a little bit more viewing. It seems like Freeman wants uh, you know, disguise as much as he can as we head into the game at Ohio State. Um, so we'll see what Buckner can do. I think uh, if he can be the type of player that I think all of us expect him to be and want him to be, this could be a really exciting year for the Irish. But we just don't know. He's going to bring a lot of different options to the table, whether he's running or throwing. Uh, but I guess we'll see and find out here in about eight days, uh, starting at 6.30 Central Time on Saturday night. Running back in some good news, Logan Diggs is back. Uh, sounds like at full strength. He's practicing without the red jersey on. So he is someone that is uh, taking some contact. So now we have four backs, which is great. We were at three prior to this. Um, you know, Diggs will be coming off the bench for sure. You're going to be looking at behind him or maybe right around the same uh, you know, third back in is going to be Jabrain Payne, uh, the freshman. Um, I think they are also going to be splitting him out wide, possibly for some wide receiver routes. But your two main backs, I think, during the Ohio State game are going to be Chris Tyree and Audric Estime. I think you'll see Audric Estime get a, maybe a few more carries in Tyree because I think they'll put Tyree in a variety of positions, definitely running him out of the slot and giving him the chance to get the ball, possibly on some jet sweeps. Um, but, yeah, definitely you're going to be focusing a whole lot on Chris Tyree and Audric Estime as we get the Ohio State, going, uh, Ohio State game going. On the offensive line, unfortunate news, Patterson is out, it sounds like, possibly um, for the Ohio State game with a foot injury. He's listed as questionable right now. Um, he was in a walking boot earlier in practice, um, but that's definitely a blow for the Irish because he's one of the best offensive linemen in the country and one of Notre Dame's best offensive linemen. He is going to be replaced if he can't go um, by Andrew Kristoffic, who spent a lot of time playing for the Irish last year at guard, so he'll take over at the right guard position. Your right tackle is going to be um, Fisher, and then your center is going to be Carell, your left guard is going to be Lug, and then your left tackle is going to be Joe Alt. So the only change there is Kristoffic coming in for Patterson. Now it is once again, uh, he is questionable Patterson, but I just, it's going to be really hard, I think, for him to play. And I think you also as well need to make the decision, is it worth it to put him out there? Um, and obviously your biggest game of the year, but is it worth them to put him out there and have him get injured and not be there for the rest of the year or rest him up for another week and then really, you know, have him for the rest of the season, which that would be my probably overall choice if I had to make the call, but I'm not, not coaching and it's not my decision. It's the player's decision, so we'll see. Um, but right now, uh, he is listed as questionable. From a tight end standpoint, uh, pretty much healthy there outside of the injury that took place to Mitchell Evans over the spring or you know, over the summer. Um, but we got Mayer, we got Bauman, we've got Barong, Raritan, and Stays. Raritan and Stays are our freshmen. And then Davis Sherwood is actually a former walk on who was awarded a scholarship. Could see some action at both tight end or H back. Um, but I think you're going to get a pretty heavy dose of Mayer and Bauman. Um, I do think as well you're going to see the freshmen out there uh, on Saturday night in the shoe. So Raritan and Stays. And I would not be surprised um, if Raritan and Stays each had a couple of catches in the game with so much focus on Mayer. Um, I do think that those freshman tight ends could play a big part of the game plan. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week when we get into the the kind of the Ohio State, I wouldn't call it breakdown, but taking a look at that game. From wide receiver perspective, um, Watts, who had been playing safety um, leading into this season and you know is still planning to play safety, has also been moonlighting a wide receiver. So he's playing a little bit of both. Um, he's going to go both ways. Um, we needed some... We need someone there on the wide receiver front with the Avery Davis injury. So he's come in, you know, really stepping up for the team, saying I'm going to do my best and, and be there whatever you know they need me for, which is really cool. A lot of what 
Avery Davis did before him. Um, but it sounds like he's been cross-training at both wide receiver and a safety. Um, so you could see Watts um, in some of the wide receiver sets. Lindsey Styles and Merriweather, um, I think you're probably going to get the bulk of your wide receiver reps during the game. Joe Wilkins is looks like fully healthy. I would not be surprised if he, uh, you know, had a had a pretty good year this year. I do think that he's the type of player that has been in the system for a while. He knows what he's doing, and I wouldn't be shocked if he actually had a had a really good fifth year um, in the program. So keep an eye on Joe Wilkins, and then Thomas and Colsey, um, who are your rising sophomores, both have been nursing some injuries. Sounds like Thomas is going to be the one to go best out of those two. Colsey is in a little bit of a knee brace, so I don't even know if he's going to be fully go. But um, you've got a bunch of wide receivers. You wish you had a few more um, from an overall standpoint, but it is what it is, and these are the guys we're going to be running with uh, at Ohio State. Defensive line, um, really good news from a health standpoint. Everyone sounds like they're in a good position. You're probably going to be looking at Foskey, Cross, uh, Jason Admiola, and Riley Mills as your starting four. And then subbing in across that, you're going to be seeing Justin Admiola, uh, Jacob Lacey, Nana, and Botello. Um, and there's probably a couple more um, that Notre Dame's going to bring to the table. A ton of depth. Um, probably, our, probably our best unit overall is going to be the defensive line. And the order on campus that these guys have looked really good. So really excited to see what these guys can do. If they can hold the line against Ohio State, um, they're going to be able to put pressure on C.J. Stroud. It's just going to make it harder for him to throw and less time for him to find his ridiculously talented wide receiver group. From linebacker standpoint, we still got Kaiser, Bauer, and Bertrand. It sounds like they're going to be getting the bulk of the reps. Leofau, he doesn't sound like he's 100%. It's kind of strange. I thought you know he played in the spring game, so I thought coming out of there he was going to be good. Um, but he has been, it sounds like, a little bit limited, but if you interviewed i think some of the folks that interviewed him said he said he's ready to go i think he can be a dynamic player for the Irish, so i'm really hoping that he is ready to go he's gonna be the kind of guy that on third down and in longer passing situations he's gonna be a guy you can bring off the edge and really bring some pressure so i am looking forward for to big things from him this year uh but you know once again we haven't seen him play in a couple of years and kaiser bauer and bertrand have really set the tone over the last you know two years from a linebacker linebacker perspective, uh, other guys are going to be Prince Kali. Kali uh, has had a great camp. From all that the reports that you're seeing, so I would not be shocked if we saw a bunch of him on Saturday night. And then your two freshmen, Seed and Tuli Maka, um, you know, could get playing time uh, on special teams. I think in the Ohio State game, I don't think they're going to be in some of the base sets, but they are trending upwards, which is great to hear that the, the freshmen are starting to make their mark. From a quarterback perspective, you're looking at about five guys. You'll be looking at Jaden Mickey, Brendan uh, Morrison, Brendan, gosh, Brendan Morrison, I think it is. I forget the first name, but it's Morrison. Uh, Bracey, Hart, and Lewis. So Bracey, Hart, and Lewis are going to be your three main cornerbacks. Those guys have the experience um, and have risen to the top. And then Morrison and Mickey are your freshmen this year. Um, great news that the freshmen are playing really well. Um, they've really done a great job, it sounds like, based upon – what you've been reading, what you've been hearing. Um, so we're definitely probably, I would see two of those guys, at least two of those guys, and maybe even a, another freshman or a rising sophomore like a, like a Riley or a Barnes, because we're going to have to have as you know all, all hands on deck against Ohio State with regards to the receivers. But definitely Bracey, Hart, and Lewis are going to be your main three. Uh, Mickey and Morrison are going to be the next two in. From a safety perspective, uh, Brandon Joseph has locked down the one starting role. We don't know who the other starter is going to be. It's either going to be DJ Brown, Houston Griffith, um, possibly Ramon Henderson, and then once again, Xavier Watts is out there as well. So those are going to be your five safeties. Um, you're going to see a little bit of a rotation, probably with at least three of those guys getting a lot of play against Ohio and it could possibly see um, a fourth. Um, it sounds like it could be a situation where they're going to play the hand, whoever's playing well. Um, 
I would not be shocked if we saw Joseph and Brown starting, um, but then also seeing a lot of Henderson because um, I do think Henderson is probably one of the best athletes and one of the better safeties we have. Um, but once again, that'll all start to play out here uh, in about eight days. From a special teams perspective, um, John Sats could be your punter. He's the, uh, the transfer from Harvard. Uh, Bryce McPherson, the freshman, is going to be doing the kickoffs. And then Blake Groupie, who is the transfer from, I think it's Arkansas State, is going to be kicking our field goals. Blake Groupie um, has been really consistent from a field goal perspective, which is great to hear. So let's see if he can continue that on. You know, we're going to need to get as many points as possible, so we cannot miss opportunities. If we have to get a field goal against Ohio State, we can't miss chances to get at least three points. McPherson has a really, really strong leg. He came in as a punter, um, but he also handled kickoffs in high school. He is going to be handling the kickoffs. Um, they're saying he's kicking out of the end zone, which is great to hear, um, but he's not as consistent from a punt, punting perspective, so that's why Sat is going to be your punter. So that's the overview. Um, that's the crew that you're going to be hearing a lot uh, from and of on Saturday night. I think I pretty much have covered all the folks that, once again, you I do think that you'll be seeing if, if someone comes out of the woodworks. Always good to hear uh, of someone else that we might not be covering as much and seeing hopefully if they have a good game. Let's take a look at some awards or some ideas on my side as it relates to offensive MVP, defensive MVP, newcomer on offense, newcomer on defense, special teams player of the year, and then the assistant coach of the year. We all know how I feel about how I feel about Marcus Freeman. Um, he's an unbelievable head coach. Can't wait to see him get going this year. So I don't have to, I don't have to say who my favorite head coach this year will be. Um, but let's start off with actually assistant coach of the year. I do think it's going to be Al Washington who coaches our defensive line. That unit once again is extremely stacked and, Al Washington has come in and done a really good job from a recruiting perspective. And also um, what you're hearing is that he really is, you know, bringing a ton of competitive nature to the defensive line. He's a tactician. He's someone that is teaching these kids a little bit, you know, new techniques based upon what Elston had brought to the table. I loved Elston. I thought he did a really good job, but it seems like Washington's getting even a little bit more out of these guys. So I'm going to put Al Washington as the assistant coach of the year because I do think the defensive line is going to be one of the best in the country and one of the strongest units on the Irish. If we're looking at special teams player of the year, uh, I'm going to go with McPherson, our freshman kickoff uh, specialist. He, he, from the reports, he's hitting about 80% into the end zone, which would be really, really good. So if Notre Dame can do that and limit returns and have the uh, opposing team start most of their drives at between the 20 and 25, that's really, really good. So I'm going to put McPherson down as our special teams player of the year. Uh, I would love for it to be groupie, um, which would mean that He's done a great job from a field goal perspective, but I just don't know. Okay, offensive MVP. If the answer is uh, Tyler Buckner, um, that means Notre Dame is in really good shape, and we are, you know, gonna uh, we're poised for an amazing season. But I, we just don't know enough about him for me to list him as my offensive MVP. So I'm gonna go with Lorenzo Styles. I think he's poised for a massive year. I think the Irish are gonna try and do whatever they can to get him the ball, whether that's on screen plays, whether that's downfield, whether it's crossing routes. He is our best wide receiver. And probably our best overall offensive player. So really excited for what Lorenzo Styles is going to do this year. He's going to be playing against his brother who plays for Ohio State on Saturday night. So there'll be extra motivation that night. And I just think he's he's ready to go and ready to have a really strong and special year. I, so he's my offensive MVP. Defensive MVP, I think the easy answer here is going to be Foskey if he is going to you know be rushing the passer a ton and getting sacks. But I'm actually going to go with uh, Jason Adamiola. I think he is an extremely underrated player. He is 
going to man the inside for the Irish. He's stout against the run. He does a great job from a pass rush perspective, and I think he's going to be the main person to anchor down that line. I do think Foskey is going to get a ton of sacks, and I think the linebackers are going to be really good, and someone like, you know, um, Joseph, from a safety perspective, you know, is going to have a, hopefully a few, you know, three to four or five, six interceptions. Um, but I just think it all starts up front, and I think Jason Admiral is one of our best and one of our most underrated players, so he's going to be my defensive MVP. Newcomer of the year on offense, I'm going to go with Audric Estime. He's not a freshman. He's a sophomore, but this will be his, you know, his first chance to really get uh, a ton of carries and a ton of time on offense. He is, you know, he is an extremely dedicated person from a weight room perspective. He's put on a lot of really good weight. He's huge. He's going to be tough to take down. He's going to be that guy that Notre Dame is going to give the ball to in short yardage situations when they need to get yards, but he also has some speed to get to the outside. So I just think Audrey Gassime is he's ready to go this year. Um, the injuries you know, to J.D. Price, um, you know, that's given him a chance once again to get more carries, and I just think uh, this is his time and he's ready to go. So I'm excited to see uh, what he can do there. Newcomer on defense, I'm going to go with Brandon Joseph, um, our new safety uh, special safety from transfer from Northwestern. He's just too good of a player to not have a good year, and uh, really excited to see what he does. Obviously, he's going to be replacing, you know, Kyle Hamilton, but you know, Kyle Hamilton was injured a lot last year, so looking forward to him holding down that spot, and then obviously as well being there um, to help get the other safety in, in the best position and, and get the other safety playing really well. So I'm going to go with uh, Joseph for my newcomer on defense. I will say, going back to one of my favorite freshmen this year, J.D. Price, once again, is injured. But I do think that if he was full speed, I think he might be one of the better from a newcomer on offensive perspective because I was just thinking that that guy was was – gearing up for a really really great freshman year for the irish so that's where we're at um as it relates to the uh you know some of the awards that i wanted to give out i did say at the beginning we're going to talk about the captains so the Notre Dame named the captains this year no surprise on the first four so avery davis who was a captain last year uh patterson um who was a captain last year and then you're adding in mayor and foskey are your four kind of leads i would say no surprise i think everyone figured those four would be it great to see avery davis um, still be named a captain even though he won't be able to play this year and then your two new ones um that you know i think is still kind of up in the air as who it would be but uh, jd bertrand and uh bo bauer are your other two captains so two of the linebackers i think a lot of people thought possibly you might have seen jack kaiser uh, be named a captain but you know, really strong group of six people uh, and players that the Irish have, um, you know, definitely leaders on the team. And, you know, I think there's a ton of leaders on this team, but, you know, this is a great six. I definitely could have seen Adam Yola as well being named a captain and possibly like a Josh Lug who's been around forever. Um, but it's a great group. And, uh, you know, hopefully they get the team motivated and get the team ready to go uh, in Columbus um, in eight days. All right, let's take a look at the schedule. We'll give you a little bit of an overview of the season and then once again i'll give you guys my prediction so this shouldn't be a terribly long episode um so that's you know good for me kudos to me for actually keeping this under uh 40 some minutes <laughs> all right so we start off the season uh at ohio state once again we don't need to spend a ton of time talking about that because we can talk a little bit about that next week following weekend we host marshall at home you know a winnable game, obviously a game that the Irish should win. Uh, Marcus Freeman's home opener. There'll be you know a ton of excitement around that game. If Notre Dame it was had to happen to win in Ohio State, you know there'd be so much juice going into that Marshall game. Um, but either way, even if the Irish lose to Ohio State, definitely should be a game that the Irish should win. Uh, following week they play 
Notre Dame plays Cal at home. So that's the third game of the year. So on September 17th, once again, a game that the Irish should win um, as Cal has, you know, they're not that consistent. Um, and, uh, you know, they're coming out of the Pac-10, um, but they just haven't done a whole lot over the last few years. Following week, Notre Dame travels down to North Carolina, so Raleigh-Durham area to play the UNC. UNC is bringing in a new quarterback this year. They still do have Josh Downs from a wide receiver perspective, but once again, the game the Irish should win. Um, I wouldn't expect that to be a game that the Irish run away with um, because North Carolina has a lot of talent. They brought in a lot of good players over the years, um, and so you know it will be a good game and, and one that I think the Irish will be challenged, but definitely one that they should win. Then the Irish have a bye that week of the 1st of October, and then and the week of the 8th, they play BYU in Las Vegas. Um, this is the Shamrock Series game. Uh, Nordium will be wearing those white uniforms. BYU is really good. I think they're ranked in the top 20 to 25. But um, if you listen to a lot of the people out there that you know follow the sport a lot, they've got a ton of talent. They've got a lot of returning experience. So a lot of people think that they're actually maybe even a top 15 team. They could come into that game with either one loss or maybe undefeated. So that could be a really, really good matchup, and I think that'll be a, a really hard game for the Irish. Following that up on the week of the 15th, the Irish play Stanford at home. Stanford's been down. Should be a game the Irish should win, but, you know, it's Stanford, so it's a little bit of a rivalry game. Um, so it could be a tough one, but it's at night in, uh, in Notre Dame Stadium, one that the Irish should win. Following week, so the week of the 22nd, Notre Dame plays UNLV. That's a home game. I don't know anything about UNLV from a football perspective, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on that one, but that should be one the Irish should win uh, and win convincingly. Following week, week of the 29th, so Halloween weekend, the Irish travel to Syracuse. They'll be playing Syracuse at the Dome in Syracuse. Syracuse has been brutal for the last couple of years, but same kind of thing like in North Carolina. They've got some talent. I guess they have a really good linebacker core, and Notre Dame has not typically played well in the Dome. So, um, you know, who knows what would happen in that game, but that should be a game that the Irish should easily win. Following week, uh, the 5th of November, uh, the Irish play Clemson at home, one of the biggest home games in the last couple of years. You know, we all know what happened when Notre Dame played Clemson two years ago at home. Irish won in dramatic fashion. Uh, that'll obviously be on Clemson's mind. Um, one of the harder games on the Irish schedule. Clemson, I think, is preseason number four. They've got a lot of talent coming back on the defensive side of the ball, uh, and they're always going to have good talent on the offensive side. So, you know, once again, one of the hardest ones for the Irish. Um, but, you know, I think it's one that they can win. Uh, and, you know, Notre Dame could be either 7 or no, 8 no. Yeah, no, it would be. Yeah, they'd be. Uh, no, they could be. They could be 8 and no going to that game or 7 and 1 or 5, uh, 6 and 2. Um, but either way, I think that that's going to be a game that a lot of people have circled and a lot of people will be watching. The following week after that, um, the 12th of November, Notre Dame travels to Baltimore and they're going to be playing Navy. Um, we all, you know, have known, we've known and talked about Navy enough on this podcast. I think you guys all know how I feel about it. I think I'm a little bit done with the rivalry. I don't think we need to play them every year. Um, always a tough one because you have to change up everything from the standpoint of what you're doing from a defensive perspective, and it's an early start. It's a noon, noon Eastern start. But once again, a game the Irish should win. Next week after that is senior week at home, playing Boston College. A little bit of a trap game. You're going to have Phil Dracovic coming back. It's, you know, Norton doesn't ever play well on senior day at home, but, you know, Dracovic is going to have all the motivation in the world to try to beat the Irish. They've got a good receiver in Zay Flowers. Uh, but once again, a game the Irish should win. And then we finish the season uh, the weekend of Thanksgiving, that Saturday, 
against Southern Cal out in California. Every other year we go out to California, we go out to California every year. We either finish with USC or we finish with Stanford this year. We're on the road against uh, Southern Cal. Um, they have a lot of talent. They've brought in a ton of transfers. Obviously, Lincoln Riley is their new head coach. Um, you know, he's bringing uh, you know, a ton of excitement to the team, but I think he has upwards of 25 new players from a transfer perspective. He has a really good quarterback. He's got a bunch of really good wide receivers. I don't think the defense is there. Um, but once again, this is a r- massive rivalry game for the Irish, and you know, there could be a lot of pressure. Notre Dame could be uh, 10-1 and heading into that game and p- challenging for a playoff berth. They could be 11-0. They could be 9-2. Uh, and um, But, you know, it's going to be a really good game, and we'll see how USC does throughout the year, and I think that'll dictate, you know, the toughness of that game because if they've, you know, if they're, you know, 6-5, and five, if they're 7-4, and four, uh, I could easily see them million that game in the Irish, you know, getting a, getting a good win. Um, but that's the season schedule, 12 games. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can give you – Technically, my, uh, you know, win this game, win this game, win this game, lose this game, lose this game. But I think my overall record and what I will go with is I do think that the Irish uh, will be 10-2 this year. Um, a really good start to the Marcus Freeman era uh, with 10-2. and You know, I do think the ceiling uh, is going to be 12-0. and um, There is the chance that they could do that. Once again, you're starting off with a ridiculously hard game against the number two team in the country at Ohio State on Saturday night in Columbus. Um, that's gonna be a really hard one to win, but you know the ceiling could be twelve and zero. I do think the floor uh, should be for the Irish nine and three this year. Um, so if we finish at ten and two, you're looking at you know possibly a loss to Ohio State, and then I think you're gonna possibly lose um, either a game that you shouldn't lose, or it's gonna be one of the uh, either BYU, Clemson, or Southern Cal. Um, but yeah, I think ten and two, and that's what I'm gonna go with. And so we'll see what happens as the season goes along. Uh, I would love for the Irish to prove me wrong and be either 11-1 and or 12-0. and I think if they do finish 9-3, and I think it probably depends upon what the three losses are and how they look. Um, but, you know, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be the worst, but it would be a little disappointing, and it would stop our streak of, I think, five years in a row of winning at least 10 games. Um, all right, that's about it for this week. Um, oh, you know, I do have one quick question. Um, Errol Mitchell did send in a question. It had to do with the Irish um, and the Big Ten and what the Irish were going to do and whether, you know, it sounds like the TV contract with the Big Ten put together, it sounds like there is a provision or an out clause that basically just calls out Notre Dame that the economics would change if the Irish join the Big Ten. Um, so his question to me was, you know, does do I think that that's going to happen now um, because of something like that or do I think that's going to happen any sooner? I still think that this is, you know, it's actually been pretty amazing how this has played out. I think when all the the news about USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, when that came out, I think everyone was like, okay, yeah, the Irish need to need to choose a conference here soon, and I think I was feeling that way. But as this has played out a little bit more, it seems like the Irish can wait uh, wait this out and see where they want to go. So I do think the Irish will be independent for a little bit longer. Um, you know, I don't think it'll be much longer than you know three or four years. I think at that point they'll probably have to make a decision. I think they will choose to go to the Big Ten. Um, but I don't think they have to make that decision now. They can kind of see where everything falls. They can see how the playoff continues to shape up. Um, and I think, once again, the biggest thing for Irish is as long as they have a seat at the table from a playoff perspective, you know, they're fine staying independent. Um, if that is not there anymore, then they probably will have to join a conference. But I just think the conferences are going to start to get too big. The Irish will have to choose something. I don't think they'll choose the SEC, but I do think that you know the Big Ten at the end of the day makes the most sense because I, I think the ACC is going to start to fall apart. So I do think that you know the Irish will eventually join the Big Ten, but I don't think it'll be uh, for another few years. So 
Hopefully that answers it, Errol. Good luck to your Wolverines this year. Um, your schedule is a cupcake. It's unbelievably soft. It's unreal. You start off with four games in a row at home. I don't know how you guys um, call that a schedule. So, But good luck to the Wolverines. You guys will probably be 9-0 um, just because your schedule is so bad. Um, <laughs> sorry, Errol. Uh, all right, that is about it. Um, feel free to start to send me in some questions. Um, I think once again next week, We'll have at least one podcast leading into the game. Try and do as much of a preview of that game as we can. I'll, I'll do a little bit of research on the Buckeyes. I don't spend a ton of time looking at the other teams, um, but I can cover off on what we've been hearing. Uh, but it should be a massive matchup and one that's going to be really, really fun to watch. And if the Irish can win, uh, it'll just be one of those better Saturdays we've had in a really, really, really long time. Um, but it's going to be a very tall and, and tough task. So feel free to send in questions. You can reach me at exit77 underscore podcast on Twitter. Um, for those of you who have my email, feel free to email me as well. And, yeah, looking forward to chatting about the game next week. Might have a couple of buddies join, give their thoughts on the season, give their thoughts on the game. And, uh, yeah, let's hope the Irish can, uh, can shock the world and get a victory in Columbus uh, in about eight days. Thanks again for joining me on the Exit 77 podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Drew Brennan. Uh, Looking forward to us chatting soon. Thanks always for listening, and once again, go Irish.